No trial left behind. No trial left behind. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers, so anything to help. Also, full disclaimer, if you can hear it in my voice, I'm a little sick. I'm a little under the weather, so if my voice sounds a little weird, please forgive me this episode. I'm, I got a cold, so it is what it is. And, and that's crazy, man. It's hot outside, and I got a cold. Ugh, God, you hate to see it. But here's where we'll start. So week one of the NFL season is finally over. And when I, I'm not going to say finally over, but, you know, we, we've come to a full week of actual NFL football. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down every game. Now, some games, of course, are going to get, you know, broken down longer than others. I don't have to do the Thursday night football game, which was the Cowboys and the Bucks, because we already talked about that last episode. But I'm going to break down what we saw uh, week one of the NFL season, you know, every game, every game, every matchup comes with different storylines and, and we'll talk about it. Let's start with, let's start with the Jaguars and the, the Houston Texans. Now this game on paper does not look, it's not important at all. I mean, you got the Houston Texans, which is, they're not going to make any noise in the, in, in, in the, the retrospect of things making the playoffs, the Jaguars, even though you have Trevor Lawrence, uh, they're not good. So they're probably one. In fact, Sunday showed me, I think the Jaguars have the worst roster in all of NFL. First and foremost, shouts out to shouts out to Tyrod Taylor, man. Tyrod Taylor has been, been through a lot, man. He's had people replace him, even though he's been told he was a starter. Uh, we know what happened with the medical staff and the Chargers. I'm just happy to see Tyrod Taylor ball out and Tyrod Taylor get another shot of being a starting quarterback. Especially the what, what happened in in at the Chargers. People don't usually come back from that. So the fact that he was able to 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 do what he had to do and and he was able to recover himself or get back to 100 percent and now he's a starting quarterback and winning games. Hey, shouts out to him, man. But I don't know. This game, so again, the Texans beat the Jaguars 37 to 21. And this game this game showed me a lot. It showed me one. Tyrod Taylor is is Tyrod Taylor's Tyrod Taylor is. I'm not going to say he's gonna he's a world beater. I'm not going to say that he's a Super Bowl uh caliber quarterback. That's not the case. But Tyrod Taylor is still a serviceable quarterback. You can put Tyrod Taylor in the in the class of, you know, Teddy Bridgewater or when he was healthy and when he was playing Alex Smith. They're going to do just enough. They're not going to kill you with their arm strength. They're not going to kill you with their mobility. Tyrod Taylor is a good quarterback. He's just, you know, he's he's not going to to push the needle or push the envelope but he's gonna he's gonna be good he's going to be serviceable like teddy bridgewater like alex smith used to be and uh, I, even with trevor lawrence man it this game really questioned how bad it now every time we talk about the 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 hierarchy i guess you can say of the nfl we usually consider the houston houston texans probably the worst team in the league of course you can throw in the jets you can throw in sometimes the jaguars or a lot of times jaguars get thrown but most people think 
that the Houston Texans are usually the worst team in the NFL. And I, again, a lot of this is going to be overreaction too. I, I mean, it's, it's week one. Everyone's want to throw away a lot of teams, want to crown uh, this team in Super Bowl contention. We'll talk about it. So a lot of these takes are also overreactions because all you, all I have, all we have is week one of the NFL season. But I'm questioning, man, how bad is how bad really is really is the Jaguars, man? Like I know okay, so I knew they took a bit first of all, I knew their roster wasn't the greatest. We all know the roster wasn't the greatest. We saw last year that the roster wasn't the greatest. And I knew losing Travis Etienne was going to be big because he was supposed to be their starting wide receiver. I mean running back. But I didn't think I thought that their defense was going to be a little better. I just, oh man, it's bad, it's bad. And and this is the stat came out. This was Trevor Lawrence's first regular season loss, and since like I got him, like ever, he's never lost a regular seat. Now people say, but wait, what about Clemson? First of all, he didn't start. It was DJ. Uh, a ukulele or something like that. It, he was their quarter, and Trevor Lawrence was out. And every time he lost in Clemson, was in the playoffs. But ah, oh, man, it, it didn't. It did not look good. It didn't look good. It it's it's going to be a long season for the Jaguars, man. It's going. Yes, Trevor Lawrence is going to. And and we'll talk about the Jets in a second, but. This was the this was the concern. This is this is the most backwards thing about sports in general. You can be a world beater. You can be the greatest college athlete ever, greatest college football player ever, greatest college basketball player ever. You're almost guaranteed to go to a bad team. Like there's there's some exceptions, of course, with Miami and getting all the draft picks and the trades and stuff. Uh, Tua going to a pretty good uh, Dolphins team. You're you're pretty much guaranteed to go to a bad team, and don't take away. Trevor Lawrence is still a really good quarterback. Do not get me. Do not get it confused. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to be a great quarterback in the league. Right? I think Zach Wilson is going to be a great quarterback in the league. It's just. Ugh. It's just, I don't think their greatness, no matter how good they are. Hell, you even saw it. Let me say this. I don't think their greatness will be able to take the Jets or take the the Jaguars out, out of obscurity, you know, or or rising from the top. Let's look at, let's look at a, a great, a great case study in this. Let's look at uh, Andrew Luck. The years after, uh, man, the years after... Peyton Manning left the Colts was was there were there were some ugly years man and Peyton Manning came in not, not Peyton Manning I'm sorry Andrew Luck came in and Andrew Luck was touted as one of the best quarterbacks ever coming out of college and he was that he was great in college he was he was great in the NFL but and I think he got them to an AFC championship, I believe, or at least close to an AFC championship. The problem is, though, no matter how great, no matter how great Andrew Luck was, the problems that the Colts have 
continued to boggle them down. They didn't. They weren't really good with wide receiver after Peyton Manning left. They weren't. Their offensive line was god awful, and their defense was good, but their defense was spotty. And Andrew Luck was taking taking such a beating, getting sack after sack after sack after sack. He retired. Now I don't think, and I, I'm not wishing that upon Trevor Lawrence. I'm not wishing that upon any of the young quarterbacks. I just think watching that game. Or, yeah, watching the game on Sunday and seeing just how bad the Jaguars look. And I also understand it's a new coaching staff with Urban Myers and everything. But watching how bad they looked, oh, it's 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 tough, man. Now, there's only – I don't know, of course, you can think about there, – there's really only a high draft pick. There's really only a couple players that got drafted high um, – and went to a, a a very favorable organization like uh, Trey Lance going to the going to the 49ers. The reason why he went there is because the 49ers made a trade, and 49ers had like thirty something <laughs> thirty some injuries last year, so of course they were bad. Justin Herbert going to the Chargers. That's yeah, boom. But uh, I I wish nothing for the best. I wish nothing but ooh, I wish nothing but the best. For Trevor Lawrence, but the Jaguars are bad, man. And 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 don't get it confused. I understand they won, but the Texans are bad too. And that's and the Texans look leaps and bounds better than the Jaguars. So there's that. Let's go over to let's go over to the Chargers in Washington. Chargers beat the Washington twenty to sixteen. Let me let me let me talk about the Chargers before I kind of unload on Washington. Uh, the Chargers look like it. Justin Herbert, there's a reason why he won rookie offensive rookie of the year last year. I think he had the most touchdowns by a rookie ever. I think he had like 30 something. And Justin Herbert won that game. It wasn't the defense. It wasn't, you know, the, a running back play. It was. Justin Herbert did everything he had to do to beat Washington. Washington, there was multiple times when Washington should have. I mean, Washington took the lead. There was multiple times when Washington should have closed the door on the on the Chargers. But because the better quarterback uh, pretty much controlled the game, which was Justin Herbert, even in his second year, that's. I mean, they were they were good, and the Chargers, the chart. This is why I said the Chargers could be a dark horse team to make some noise in the playoffs because when you have Justin Herbert rolling like that, when you have Mike Williams finally looking good, I mean, he did drop some passes, but Mike Williams, the Mike Williams that we thought we were getting from Clemson, when he looks good, Keenan Allen looking like Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler looking like Austin Eckler and a well-coached team, and that's no offense to Anthony Lynn, but... You know, Anthony Lynn had a problem with winning close games or, or winning late. Uh, and the Chargers, at least week one, it looks like they rectified that. So the Chargers looked good, man. The Chargers looked good. And the Chargers, like I said, if the Chargers play like they played on Sunday, they're probably not going to. I mean, it was Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert definitely got them to where they were supposed to go. So uh, I think they do need to improve on the on the defense a little bit and and. Of course, it's week one, so you're going to get a lot of drops, you know, this, that, and third. But I thought they were good. But let me go to Washington. And this, this was the problem that I had, right? 
this was the concern. This was the red flag that I had. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, starting quarterback for the Washington football team, gets hurt. Uh, something with his, something with his collarbone or, or something with his little hip. Not little hip. <laughs> something with his hip. Um, he's out. He's on IR now. But it's that's not the thing. The thing is. This was the fear. This was, it really wasn't a fear. This was the understanding that we have as fans and that we would hope the organization have. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a highly, highly touted backup quarterback. Now, I'm not blaming the injury on him being a starting quarterback, but Ryan Fitzpatrick has never been able to be reliable. Whether it's his limitations as a quarterback, whether it's injury, he's never been reliable. The reason why Ryan Fitzpatrick has so has some really, really high highs, right? Has some really incredible highlights is because they're few and far between. And they're not, they're not, you realize Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't have a whole season full of highlights. He may have, you know, a couple games here. We remember what last year, how he looked incredible until he got benched by Tua, and then had to come out. And then, of course, he had he, he sprinkle. He has sprinkles of greatness, and that was the question that I had. I was like, why would you put your the, Washington is a playoff team, right? Washington has a great uh, a running core in Antonio Gibson. They have a really good wide receiver core with with Terry McLaurin. Their defensive front is one of the best defensive fronts, if not the best defense. Well, after what I saw from the Steelers, one of the best defensive fronts in all of football. This is a playoff team, and it's not just a get to the playoffs and maybe lose the first game. This team is a great team. And you know what it is. And if uh, shouts out to Colin Cowherd, he says something that is completely true. You can have a Super Bowl caliber team. Your team can be the you can have the uh, what two thousand Ravens. Like your team can be great at every position. You can have the best wide receiver core. You can have the best running core. You can have the best O line. You can have the best defensive line. You can have the best defensive. Uh, the the back in your defense, you can have the best coach team. Football is the the difference between football and basketball, right? Basketball can be dictated by a player. Hell, we see how great LeBron James has been. Now you can't really win a championship with one player, but LeBron James himself can give you fifty wins himself. LeBron James, hell, look at those, look at those teams where, look at the team that LeBron James took, that the Cleveland team that he took to the championship with like Big Z, uh, Mo Williams, like look at that team. Drew Gooden was on that team. NFL, you can have greatness all around you. It does not matter if you don't have the quarterback. And then it brings me back to Washington. I don't know what happened. Maybe it's the vaccine thing. I understand Ron Rivera is, uh, you know, has health complications with the cancer thing. And he was one of the most adamant people over the offseason telling the teams uh, and especially Washington players to get vaccinated. 
his his health is compromised. We understand that. I get that. So maybe that's the biggest thing. But you see, and, and I understand the love for Tyler Heineke. I get that. I understand the the fanfare for Tyler Heineke. I understand what he did in the playoffs against uh, the Bucks. I get it. But your starting quarterback goes out, which a lot of people even question should be a starting quarterback for the entire season. But Ryan Fitzpatrick goes out, and your and and everyone starts going. Everyone starts starts the the, the it starts to go. Cam Newton, Cam Newton, Cam Newton, and the and the thing is this: it's not just the fact that people like Cam Newton and people want Cam Newton to be a starting quarterback. No, or people think that he's still talented enough to be a starting quarterback. Is Cam Newton talented enough to win a Super Bowl? I don't think so. Not at this point of his career. I think he had his shot what in 2015, just didn't work. But I think he's again. This is a good team. Washington is a good team. So you're hearing a lot of people, hey, bring in a starting level quarterback. Bring in Cam Newton. And then you go higher or you go, you say you're not in the running to bringing in a new quarterback. Yet the the next minute you bring what the back, like an old quarterback from, uh, I forgot his name, from, from the Bengals. I just maybe it's the vaccine thing. I don't know. And you can say, right? You can say, well, Cam Newton played with Ron Rivera back in Carolina. Maybe Ron Rivera is just tired of Cam Newton. Look here, bro. If I have a quarterback on the market that you can get pennies to the pennies on the dollar, like if I have a quarterback on the market that will incredibly help my team I don't care if he's the most annoying person in the world if you're going to help my football team win games come on bro it does uh well needless to say um Cam Newton is not with the Washington football team Cam Newton doesn't have a job and now Washington uh, will be playing Thursday night football we'll talk about that on I mean talk about that a little later but you know Washington uh, Washington I mean it was Washington I just don't I don't understand I it's to me it's like male practice you know what I mean I understand that's like kind of going above and beyond but it's like male practice you have a better option and you go with the less better option every single time it doesn't make sense. But shouts out to the Chargers for beating Washington 20-16. Uh, Seahawks beat the Colts 28-16. to um, It's Russell Wilson, bro. Look, here's the thing. And it goes back to what I just said. The quarterback, the quarterback is the most important position on the field because they're the one that's making all the decisions pretty much. They're the ones that pretty much score. And Russell Wilson... Russell Wilson was incredible. I mean, uh, Russell. I think he had like four touchdowns. Russell Wilson. Some Russell Wilson probably is the greatest dime throw as far as you know the the quarterback that can throw the ball high and it lands perfectly in the pocket that needs it. I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback that does it better than Russell Wilson. Now I know it's week one, but this and this was this. You know, I I, I didn't say it on mic, of course, but. Off mic, people ask me, hey, Jay, 
what what is your what is your uh i guess sleeper pick what is your dark horse pick that nobody would expect you know and i always say if seattle does what they're supposed to do and if russell wilson plays like the russell wilson that we know he could be seattle's gonna win the super bowl i'm now again that is my dark horse pick i don't know if that's going to happen i doubt that's going to happen but the seattle that we saw on sunday was i mean chris carson looked good dk metcalf looked good um the defense didn't didn't just you know the defense didn't ruin it. The offensive line, st- you know, it looked better. Don't get me wrong. The offensive line looked a lot better. It's just still, I mean, it didn't look terrible like it was. You know what I'm saying? But I actually, you know, what I think I think that this game was more about the Colts than Seattle. And that's that's I'm not taking anything away from Seattle. Uh, how do you again overreaction overreaction after week one because it's only week one. But how do you think the Colts feel right now? You pretty much put your your franchise in you know pretty much you put your franchise in the hands of Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz looked bad. Like Carson Wentz did not look good at all. And it's like and this is the fear. I told y'all this. This is the fear that the Indianapolis Colts have. You put so much into Carson Wentz. So much into Carson Wentz. And you're in your hope, you know, you, you're pairing him back with Frank Wright. Like, and that was where he had his most success. You were hoping that this Carson Wentz is and it, this Carson Wentz is the Carson Wentz that was the the the, the MVP front runner before the injury. Now we know after the after the injuries and and you know his headspace, what is what it was, yeah. That's what you were hoping that you're getting the Carson Wentz. Of old now, again, this could be an overreaction because it's just week one. However, Carson Wentz looks the Carson Wentz that we saw majority of the year last year in Philly is the Carson Wentz that we got week one. His confidence looks shot. He was throwing the ball late. Uh, he was throwing the ball in windows that he shouldn't even attempt to throw it. The defense, which is a really good defense, was on the field a lot longer than it should be. Because, which, and, and the last thing you want to do is be tired and gassed to be on the field and give Russell Wilson opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Uh, it's I, I can I cannot imagine being the front being in the front office of the Indianapolis Colts and watching Carson Wentz play the way he played on week, in Week One and have. And have confidence that he's going to improve because this is the Carson. I understand it's overreaction, you know, day after week one, but this is the Carson Wentz that we've seen, right? This is the Carson Wentz that we have been accustomed to since since after the injury. So I don't. I think there's it's more. It's it's, it's not really an anomaly at this point because we've seen this. And this is the biggest fear that they have. I mean, you give so much. Like, you're... You, and the Colts are in a position where they... The team as a whole is really good. I mean, you're good enough to be a, a perennial playoff team. You're good enough to actually go deep in the playoffs. Hell, you were good enough to go deep in the playoffs or or have a shot to go deep in the playoffs with Phillip Rivers, who couldn't throw longer than 10 yards last year. And y'all were this close to beating the Kansas, no, the Buffalo Bills. And 
you you would think that the Carson Wentz of old, which he was, is better than Philip Rivers. And you would think, okay, so we improved at quarterback. Now it's time to make a move. Like now it's time. Now we're we're legit. And Sunday did not look like it. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, I don't I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine, bro. I couldn't imagine. But shouts out to shouts out to, to Seattle. I think that I think what we saw again it's this team is gonna go as far as that offensive line and the defense takes them. I say I say that time and time again, but we know how great Russell Wilson is. We know how good the wide receiver core is. We know when healthy how good Chris Carson that running game is. It's just and we already know how good we, we know how good Pete Carroll is as a coach. It's just is Russell Wilson gonna have to run for his life as much as he was last year or get sacked as much as he was last year? Um and is their defensive line are the holes so big that it could derail the you know what I'm saying? So that's uh that's that's that. You have the Jets uh being the Carolina Panthers or no losing to the Carolina Panthers fourteen to nineteen. To me, this game now I understand it's the Jets, but this game proved to me everything that I was 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 questioning. And as far as it was Sam Darnold really that good, or was it just the organization around him just that bad when he was with the Jets? Now again, I understand it's the Jets, and the Jets secondary is is horrible. Like the Jets team, especially defense, is god awful. The Jets as a whole suck. Like the whole team sucks. Zach Wilson looked good. Zach Wilson looked good at times, but the whole team sucked. Or the whole team sucks. But Sam Darnold looked confident. He looked confident throwing the ball to to uh, Robbie Anderson. He looked confident throwing the ball to DJ Moore. He looked confident pitching the ball and throwing the ball to Christian McCaffrey. He looked confident. And that confidence exuded the entire day. On the other hand, Zach Wilson, again, I, also, I understand he's a rookie, but he was running for his life the entire game. It felt good watching Sam Darnold not have to run for his life a whole game. And then it also felt bad watching ugh, watching Zach Wilson have to do it. So um, I think we have to – again, it's one sample size, and, and it's the Jets, and the Jets' defense is horrible, but – um, Sam Darnold looked really good, and Sam Darnold looked like the Sam Darnold that, uh, that the that the Jets were expecting to have. So, um, but again, I don't know how you expect to have him when you're when it, again. It goes back to the Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Andrew Luck. Sometimes your greatness is not able to blanket the garbage that's around you. So, but the that's that. Um. The Vikings lost to the Bengals, twenty-seven to twenty-four. The Viking, I mean, your their defense again. Week one overreaction. I'm, I'm gonna say that a lot. Overreaction, but their defense still is horrible, still is bad, and the Bengals won. So shouts out to the Bengals. They did they did what they had to do. But the problems that I the problems that I feared. Re- was prevalent the entire game one and that is 
I understand that you got Jamar Chase. And shout out to Jamar Chase. He struggled mightily in all-season camp. He struggled mightily in the preseason catching the ball. Shout out to him. I know he had a touchdown, a bit, a long touch. I think it was like a 50-yard touchdown. And he, he looked really good. Shout out to Jamar Chase. We we come and bag on him for, for not being able to catch. Now that he exhibit that he can do that, hey, shout out to Jamar Chase. Shout out to Joe Burrow. Bur- shout out to Joe Burrow. Looking really good. I understand that. And I know he came out and said that he still needed to – it was tough for him to trust his 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 injury or trust his leg again after the gruesome injury that it had last year. So he looked really good. But the problem that plagued the Bengals last year is the same problem that plagued them on Sunday. Now, it didn't bite them because the, the Vikings defense sucks so bad. And Kurt Cousins is, I mean, yeah, it's Kurt Cousins. But the reason why I wanted the Bengals, or I think the Bengals should have drafted Panay Sewell, was because their offensive line was horrible. Their off- Hell, their offensive line was the main reason why he got, he as in Joe Burrow, got hurt last year. So I said, yo, you have an NFL ready, an NFL ready lineman in Panay Sewell. Hell, you see how good Rashawn Slater for the Chargers looked? Yo, he made Chase Young was irrelevant on Sunday. This is Chase Young, who I had a dark or I have as a dark horse winning defensive player of the year, who I uh, will go as far as saying, and I, I went as far as saying is the best player in the NFC East. Rashawn Slater, a rookie, made made Chase Young look like an average dude. Now, I understand this game one, and it could have been more of Chase than Rashawn. I don't know. But Rashawn Slater did what he was supposed to do. Panay Sewell, and we'll talk about the, the Lions in a second, Panay Sewell looked good. But then you go to the to the Bengals, man. The Bengals, Joe Burrow was running for his life the entire game. Joe Burrow is just that. He's a really good mobile quarterback. I mean, he's not freaking Mike Vick, but he, he's a good mobile quarterback. He's good on throwing the ball on, on the move. You have a really good wide receiver core in Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Joe Mixon was incredible. Joe Mixon was running all up and down the field. It just... Yes, they won. They beat the they beat the Vikings. Yes, and they also you know Jamar Chase shot, showed signs of, of of stardom, superstardom. It's just the problems that plagued them last year is the problems that plagued them in Week One, and that is Joe Burrow is running for his life the entire game. So I don't know, man. That's that. I think one of the biggest surprises on Sunday was the Cardinals beating the Titans 38 to 13. Now the surprise wasn't the Cardinals. The surprise was not the Cardinals. The Cardinals are good. I mean, the car you have DeAndre Hopkins, you have uh you have Kirk, you have Edmonds, you have Kyler Murray. Like this is a good team. This is a good team. Hey, shouts out to Chandler was it Chandler Jones for getting a career high in sacks and fought with five. I mean, again, overreaction week one, but right now he's definitely leading in defensive player of the year. <laughs> again, five sacks, career high. He looked good. 
this was bigger and this this told me a lot i'm not gonna say it told me a lot more but this was more of an indictment to the tennessee titans man the hype around tennessee all off season you know you you yeah you lose to lamar jackson and the and the baltimore ravens in the playoffs a year before but you get julio jones right AJ Brown still your a really good wide receiver, top wide receiver, one of the one a really good wide receiver. You still have Derrick Henry, who was last year at least was the best running back in the league, hands down. Um, Ryan Tannehill, even though a lot of people want to bag on Ryan Tannehill, and and when we talk about some of the best quarterbacks in the league, Ryan Tannehill's name never comes up, but. Statistically, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Statistically, Mike Vrabel, very good coach, very good coach. It's not the thing that they lost. It's not the fact that the Titans lost. It's the fact of how they lost. They got dominated on every front. Julio Jones was a non-factor. Derek Jones was, I mean, uh, yeah, Derek Henry was a non-factor. A.J. Brown was a non-factor. Ryan Tannehill looked like the Ryan Tannehill that was playing for the Dolphins. It just, it just looked bad, man. Now, this is... The Tennessee Titans is a lot of people's sleeper pick to at least make it to the Super Bowl, at least make it to the AFC Championship. And you're doing stuff like that. Like, that was bad. That was bad. And I don't know if it was just the Tennessee Titans were just god-awful or are a lot of people, including myself, sleeping on how good the Cardinals are. I'm not saying that they're – I'm not sleeping on – I mean, I said they have – what, did I say? I said they have the best – the best um the nfc nfc west is the best division in football and they they went undefeated yesterday so did the afc west so but mm-mm-mm. again maybe maybe we're just, i don't know I, I think that was the the win or the i think that game was more of an indictment on just how bad the tennessee titans looked compared to how good that the cardinals looked again kyler murray looked great kyler man DeAndre Hopkins looked great. Had two touchdowns. Everyone looked great for the Cardinals. So, shout out to the Cardinals. Uh, the Steelers beat the Bills, uh, twenty-three to sixteen. The my my okay. So, a lot of people were coming at me saying, "But Jay, you have the Steelers as the third best team in the NFC North, right?" And they beat the Bills. You have the Bills winning, you know. You have I had the Bills make good enough to make it to the AFC Championship. Here's the thing. My questions and my concerns about steel about the Steelers isn't in September. We know how good the Steelers, we know the Steelers have a have probably the best defense in the league. We know you have Chase Claypool, who didn't really do much on Sunday. You have Juju Smith-Schuster, who didn't really do much on Sunday. You had Najee Harris, who didn't do much on Sunday. We know, we know how good the Steelers are in September. I mean, hell, last year the Steelers went 11-0 and before their first loss, which I saw, which was to Washington. But we know how good the Steelers are. In September, 
My concerns with the Steelers and my questions with the Steelers is what happens when you get closer to the playoffs? What happens when you get to the second half of the season? What happens when you get week 12, week 13, hell, week 10, and Big Ben's shoulder starts acting like Big Ben's shoulder? Or you look up and this, you know, the offensive line, which wasn't good. Right? That's that's one big reason why Najee Harris didn't really do much. Their offensive line was not good on Sunday. Their defense just made the Bills look human. <laughs> but what? how is this team going to look week 12, week 13? Again, you don't win Super Bowls in September. And my question, I never said that the Steelers were a bad team. I never said that. What my question are with the Steelers, my concerns and my, you know, we're really going to see who the Steelers are come week nine on. Because the Steelers always look good in the beginning. They, this is, if if the Steelers, if we if the if the Super Bowl was in September, the Steelers would be ten. The Steelers would have won the Super Bowl last year. Hell, a lot of people even last year were saying, "Yo, may want to hold off with the Steelers." I understand that they're undefeated, and it's, again, it's hard preach. It's hard saying that when a team that you're talking about is undefeated. And again, it's week one. Wait till I want to see what the Steelers look like. And now, if I'm wrong, if we could, if we get to week nine, week ten, week fifteen, week week thirteen, and the Steelers still look like gangbusters or look as good defensively, because don't get it confused, the Steelers did not look good on Sunday. The defense looked incredible. T.J. Watt looked incredible. Joe Hayden looked incredible. Uh, Mika Parsons looked incredible. The Steelers did not look good as an entire unit. On Sunday, Big Ben looked old. Najee Harris didn't do much because the offensive line was as bad as last year. Clay Claypool was a no show. Juju Smith really was a no show. They just the defense was just so good that the offense didn't need to do much, and that's kind of what we saw a lot last year. So honestly, I'd be more concerned with the Steelers after this win because of how they won. They looked exactly how they looked last year. And we know how last year ended. And the fact that this is a longer season now because there's an extra game, it's, you know, I don't know. But they won week one. I Again, I hold with the Steelers, hold your brakes to maybe week nine on and see how they look. So, And for the Bills, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> the Bills looked bad. The the Bills looked looked bad. Josh Allen looked bad. I don't understand. You know what it is? I don't get why you're going into a game where Devin Singletary surprisingly looked was okay. But you're pretty much when you start the game, you pretty much play your hand. You pretty much know exactly what you're gonna do. So when you when you start the game with four passes, I understand that Devin Singletary isn't like a top running back. And I understand that last year, Josh Allen was the starting, I mean, was your best rusher and he's a quarterback, which is not good unless you're like your Lamar Jackson or something. But when you, when you start the game against the Steelers and you go four passes, it, it, you know, I don't know. It just didn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense, but it is what it is. The Eagles beat the beat the Falcons uh 32-16. I know it's overreaction. I mean, I again, week 1 is overreaction. So I will I will admit week 1 
kind of Jalen Hurts shut me up. I said that the 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 Eagles were god awful. <laughs> I said Jalen Hurts wasn't that good. I was wrong. <laughs> I think that at least from what I saw week one, I think that the Eagles are probably could finish over the Giants. I don't know. I think the Giants have a better core. And I know it was only week one, but I apologize, Jalen Hurts. I should not have doubted a fellow Jalen. <sighs> but oh, a shout out to Devontae Smith. Had a touchdown. He looked really good. You know, the, the Eagles just look good. The Eagles look good as a whole. But my God. I'm starting to I'm starting to get real frustrated. I'm not really starting. My frustration that I experienced last year, I know it's early, but it's starting to build for the Falcons. The Falcons, man. The Falcons. I don't understand how Matt Ryan isn't as bad as as he looks. You know what I'm saying? The Falcons, I mean, you have Calvin Ridley, who's a really good receiver. You have Kyle Pitts, who probably one of the best all-around players in the draft. This team is god-awful. I don't know if it's because their defense sucks. In fact, their defense is horrible. Like, oh, my gosh. I'm getting frustrated. My frustration is starting to rise early because this team should be better than it is. It's just not. And I don't. Ugh. The, the the Falcons suck. The Falcons. And this is this was when I did the whole uh, divisional breakdown. This is why I said you never know with the Falcons. Because the Falcons have talent on their roster. It's just they, they're garbage. They're garbage. They have Mike Davis, who was good. He he was the, the former running back for the Cardinals. I mean, for the Panthers. But the Falcons suck, bro. Ugh. One of the best games. On Sunday was the Kansas City Chiefs against the Browns. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the, beat the Browns thirty three to twenty nine. To me, you saw the difference between a, 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 a team that knows they're good and a team that has been through, like a team that's been good for a while. Right now, right now, you saw the difference between a great team and a good team. I think it's just week one. I'm not. I still have the the Browns winning the division, uh, but you saw the difference between a great team and a good team. A great team isn't just great because you have great players, right? You know how to win in certain situations. I mean, the Chiefs were down. I think fourteen, or they were down nine. They were down fourteen altogether. I think they were down nine in the fourth quarter and came back and won. You saw most of the biggest mistakes in the game happen on the Cleveland Browns side. You saw the big the pick by Baker Mayfield. You saw the the punt blunder from the Browns. All the biggest mistakes happen against or happen from the Browns. Now again, I'm not say, I'm not saying that the Browns are just they're god awful. I'm not saying that the Browns are not going to win the NFC or the NFC North. What I'm saying is at least right now, week one. These are two different class classes. The Chiefs efficient. You didn't see, really feel panic. Hell, even down fourteen, you didn't really think that the Chiefs were out of it. 
Um, in fact, you knew the Chiefs weren't out of it. You didn't see panic from Patrick Mahomes. You didn't see panic from Tyreek Hill. You didn't see panic from Travis Kelsey. You didn't see panic from anyone. The Browns, man. I understand that. Uh, what's the name? I understand that Odell Beckham Jr. didn't play, but you just, you just, the biggest mistakes happen against the Browns, and. Again, it's week one. I think that I think that the Browns is still a good team. Uh, they they looked they had they shown they showed flashes of greatness that game. I mean Baker Mayfield had some had some really high highs. Now the I, I get he was trying to throw the ball out uh, the last play or the last drive or whatever for him, but you cannot throw that interception. Uh, but. I, I don't, I'm not going to say that the team is garbage. I'm not going to say the team is not going to go places. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, this is over for the Browns. I'm not saying that there's leaps and bounds worse than anyone. I'm just saying that you saw a great team, a, a great team right now compared to a, a, a good team. And that's the outcome that you get. So, whoo, the, the Saints beat the Packers 38-3. to First and foremost, shouts out to Jameis Winston, man. I, I never said Jameis Winston, Winston was bad. I just said they had some question marks because, I mean, Jameis Winston, we remember last time we saw him as a starting quarterback, he was throwing 30 interceptions or 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. So, but shout, man, shouts out to Jameis. He had five touchdowns, no interceptions, and he just – like the Saints just molly the, the Packers. Now, it's just one game. We know the Packers have the better quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. We know that, you know, Devontae Adams, uh, Aaron Jones. Uh, we know the defense that they have, even though King, Kevin King, every time I see Kevin King now, he's getting destroyed. He, he got destroyed against Scotty Miller. He was getting destroyed against the Saints. He was, he's just. Ah, I don't know what it is, man. He needs to turn his Madden sliders up. But now a lot of people are asking, uh, and I, I don't think it's a coincidence that the Packers were the noisiest team last or this offseason. When Aaron Rodgers is he, you know, he wants out. What's going to happen with that? Jordan Love, like they were the noisiest team. So the fact that they came out and got destroyed by the Saints. Now I understand also that they played in Jacksonville. That humidity is different. Uh, it, it was it was a lot, but I don't think that this is. I don't think that it's nothing. I also don't think that it's everything. I just think it's something. I think the fact that they were just distracted, they were distracted all all season. It's kind of hard to switch your brain back to all right. Let's go win this game, especially when a team in the Saints have a lot to prove. Um, now I don't think that this is going to be indicative on the whole season. I think that it was just one game. I think that they're going to be better as far as the Green Bay Packers, but. I do not think it's a coincidence that, you know, you hear Matt LaFleur talking about they needed to get humbled. You hear Aaron Rodgers saying this one game. I get it. But, again, the loudest team this offseason also lost the worst. Aaron Rodgers had his worst QBR. Aaron Rodgers had his worst game of his career. And I don't think that's a coincidence coming off of the offseason that they had. So, there's that. Uh, the Broncos beat the Giants. 27 to 13. I uh, hope Jerry Judy gets back or gets healthy. Um, Teddy Bridgewater looked really good. That defense looked incredible. Von Miller, Patrick Sertan, like that defense looked great. Like that defense looked, 
That defense might be the one of the best defenses in the league. That's how good it looked week one. And then again, oh, man, it's hard for me to to – I can't keep overlooking how bad the Giants' offensive line looks. They looked – their their offensive line looked god awful in the preseason, and they looked god awful week one. Now, also, I can't get over the fact that Aaron, Darren, Daniel Jones has a turnover problem. Whether it's interceptions, whether it's fumbles, he has a turnover problem. He fumbled again on Sunday. It's just it's not looking good, man. It's not looking good. But when you have that compare or with an, a horrible offensive line that they have, that's not that's not a good recipe, especially when your best player in Saquon Barkley is coming back from a season-ending injury last year. So, he, you know, he needs to get his legs under him. It's kind of hard doing that with a mm, 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 with an offensive line that bad. But shouts out to the Broncos for doing that. The Dolphins beat the pa- Patriots 17-16. Uh, Mac Jones looked good. Uh, in fact, Mac Jones kind of outplayed Tua a little bit. Um, it was just, I think that Mac there was you know there was some throws that Mac Jones should have completed. That you know I, I think because he's a rookie, he may have overthrew it or he 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 just didn't see it. Um, one one I don't remember who said it, but one defender says something that always stuck out to me. It's easy to uh, it's easy to deceive. Or it's easy to to fool rookies because you're not used to NFL. And there was there was multiple times where Mac Jones, you know, didn't did or was fooled on some coverages. So, uh, shouts out to the Dolphins. The Dolphins look good as a whole. Uh, I think too. Again, Tua Tua has those games where he looks incredible, and he has those games where he looks average as hell. And he looked average as hell uh, on this game. He just looked. He just played. Well, he had better moments than Mac Jones, but I think Mac Jones has a whole play better. And I, I'm hearing it, and I agree. I think that if if Cam Newton was the starting quarterback, they would have won the game. But we're not talking about week one. We're talking about in the long run. And while, yes, I would love to see Cam Newton still, you know, a quarterback in the league, uh, I, I, I don't think that the, 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 pan, the Patriots are thinking about, well, we should bring Cam back because we lost week one in a game that I think if he was a starting quarterback, they would have won. So that's just how it is. And the and, and, and the oh the the Rams beat the Bears thirty four to fourteen. Let me speak on the Bears first. I understand what the fans are saying. I understand. I hear it clearly. They should start uh, Justin Fields. Justin Fields looked good in the very limited time that he was on the field. Andy Dalton, he just didn't look good. He he really didn't look good. He had some flashes, um, but he just didn't look good. And I get both sides. I'm so, I think I'm starting to lean, lean on the side of maybe you should start Justin Fields. I was on the side with Andy Dalton because, actually, you know what? No. I think in the in the preseason, Justin Fields only completed like fifty two percent of his passes, and that's the preseason against people that probably aren't even on the team anymore. I'm not saying Justin Fields is bad. I'm just saying give it give him a little bit more time to learn from Andy Dalton and and to 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 get an understanding of just how the NFL 
is as far as, you know, great defenses playing, you know, playing against you, scheming against you, not playing against, you know, backups or or people that's not even on the roster anymore. So I understand that. But I understand what the fans are because, boy, I don't know if it was Matt Nagy's play calling. I don't know that the Bears, the Bears should not be as bad as they looked. The with Khalil Mack, with Hicks, the, the, the David Montgomery had a pretty good game, but you know, Allen Robinson, like this team should not be as bad as it looked, and it looked bad. Uh, but I think you can also contribute that to the Rams, and this is again, I understand it's week one, but this is what I was talking about. This is we had to see what Matthew Stafford looked like. On a competent team, there was a lot of times. I mean, yeah, you had Megatron, you had uh, Marvin Jones, you had some players, but you never really had a good team. In when he when when Matthew Stafford was with the with the Detroit Lions, and now you have a good team, and he looked incredible. Matthew Stafford looked like the best he's ever looked. Matthew Stafford. Now, I know statistically it wasn't his best game ever, but he just it looked like this was one of his best games ever. Now, again, I understand statistically it wasn't, but he looked good. He had so much command of the team. Cooper Cup got involved. Uh, he just it looked good. It looked good. Jalen Ramsey was flying over the pl- flying all over the place. Aaron Donald really didn't do much, but he didn't. I mean, you didn't. This is what the Rams wanted. The Rams. The, there was a lot of times. Where the Rams lost because of the quarterback play, they didn't. They just didn't trust Jared Goff. And shouts out, shouts, shouts out to shouts out to Matthew Stafford and the Rams. This is this is why I said that they could be the best team in the league. They could be. It just depends on again. I understand it's week one, but it, it, the Rams look good. The Rams look really good, really good, and. Yeah, man. It, it I think a lot of it is because Matt the team is rallying behind Matt Stafford. They trust Matthew Stafford. And they they they're following Matthew Stafford and he's he's leading them. Again, I understand it's week one, but he you cannot look was it Monday night Sunday night football? You cannot look at what we saw from the Rams, what we saw from the Bears. Two teams that are really good and they look completely opposite. Completely opposite. Like they looked like they were going in two completely different directions, and shouts out to Matthew Stafford, man. I didn't talk about the. I just realized I didn't talk about the Forty Niners and the and the Lions. Forty uh, Niners beat the Lions thirty three to or forty one to thirty three. Uh, there should be no reason they were the the Forty Niners were destroying the the Lions. There should be. I know they took their foot off the gas, but there should be no reason why that game was that close, um, at all. Uh, the 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 um. Uh, DeAndre Smith or Swift, he had a really good game. Jared Goff, I mean, he was our, he was okay at the end, but there was no reason the game should have been that close. So, uh, Bay, shouts out to the 49ers. Oh, and lastly, the game on Monday Night Football, which was probably the the craziest ending I've seen in a while. The Ravens lost to the to the Raiders, thirty three to seven or twenty seven. Uh, this game went to overtime. You have to understand the elements at B, right? This was the first game in what 
first game in the Death Star uh, for the Raiders. It's Vegas, so this is rocking. Um, first time, like I said, having a full crowd, and it was packed. From what I saw on TV, it was packed. Here's the thing. You know what it is? I think we're overcritical with Derek Carr. I think that Derek Carr has some really high moments, man. Derek Carr, Derek, Derek Carr is a good quarterback. I just, I just think the team around him isn't that good. Yeah, you have Darren Waller, arguably one of the best tight ends in the league, and and they know it. I mean, he had what nineteen targets. He alone had nineteen targets. I think, and a lot of those, a lot of those drops were on him. Like he was trying to do a one-handed catch for some reason. Like, it, it, yeah, but Derek Carr looks incredible. Derek Carr. Is what I kind of put Derek Carr in the class with Ryan Tannehill, uh, Matthew Stafford, um, and in kind of that class. As far as you're not the best, you know, you're definitely not top ten. But you put Derek Carr in the right situation. Derek Carr is a really good quarterback. It's just offensive line. I mean, they thought they won the game. He threw it to was in the Edmonds or. Uh, uh, Edmonds or something like that. He thought they thought they won the game. Get the ball to the one yard line. Try to run it in. Meets the wall. Then you try you run a play. Alex Leatherwood, who was struggling all night, has and I understand he's a rookie, but he was struggling all night. He has an offensive uh offensive no offsides, which push you back from the one to the six. So now you gotta throw the ball. You throw the ball to Willie Sneed. Hits his hands, ball goes high as hell. The Ravens get it. Ravens don't capitalize. You, th- Derek Carr just made the right plays when he had to. A lot of those drops, a lot of the incompletions wasn't really on him. It was like Darren Waller trying to do a one-handed catch for some reason. Uh, Willie Sneed hitting off his hands. There was a lot of times it hit off the hands of the receiver, like, you know. So I think that, not to mention, I think that was a very important win for the Raiders. Again, it was the first time they're playing in Las Vegas with a st- in the Death Star that was, which was full of fans. Um, it it was big. Darren Waller was was even though I talk about his drops, Darren Waller was big that game. Uh, it, it was it was Josh Jacobs was injured, but he had two was it two touchdowns. Kenyon Drake he looked good. Uh, it was just the offensive line wasn't that good, and the defense defense held his own. You know, defense held his own, and and I I'm not gonna just I can't really talk bad about the defense because they won, but defense held his own. Uh, and and the defense, in fact, I'll say this: the defense was a lot better than I expected because. They, they, the Raiders' defense is always usually bad. Has been bad for the longest, and I you don't really expect much from the Raiders' defense at that point. So the fact that they, they, they were good. They were good, man. They, the game, the game winning. Uh, KJ Wright was really good. Um, he had a big, he had a big stop, uh, on Latavius Murray. Uh, it was it was good, man. It was a good, good. It was a good all around, all around win, man. I I felt bad for Gerald McCoy. He got hurt again. 
uh, and and it's looking like it's 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 bad. So, but yeah, man, Max Crosby, bro. That's what I was. Max Crosby had a day. Max Crosby was killing uh, Alejandro Villanueva. He was killing that man. They man, Max Crosby looked like the greatest uh, defensive end of all time on Monday. It it was. Shouts out to that man. Now I understand that the the broadcast team kept talking about his sobriety, kept talking about uh, Darren Waller's sobriety. Shouts out to them. I'm just talking about on the field. This man was man. He was he was nothing but disruptive. Um, oh man, it was he was killing. He was killing the offensive line for the Ravens, man. And let's go to the Ravens. First of all, shouts out, shouts out to the to the Raiders. Let's go over to the Ravens. So, so a lot is is to be said, or a lot is going to be said about Lamar Jackson's two fumbles. Um, of course, the biggest fumble was at the end of the game in overtime. Uh, blindside coming. I think it was Caleb Carl uh, uh, Nassib. Uh, he came. And the running back just lazily just hit the dude, and he just came and, and blasted Lamar Jackson. But you got to still got to hold him to the ball. And of course, he had two fumbles. And a lot can be, you know, when 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 you lose like that, a lot's going to be, you know, you're going to nick pick the game a lot more. Uh, there was a lot of times where Lamar Jackson. Uh, missed players that were five like in in short yard coverage or like in short yard throws he wasn't the greatest he was not the greatest at all now he had some really good pad like he had that that bomb to uh sammy Watkins. he had the scramble uh pass for a touchdown to hollywood brown like he had some really good moments and of course when the he threw an incredible pass to mark andrews who dropped the ball uh but again, a lot of people are going to talk about the the turn. I mean, the two lost fumbles uh, and the fact that they didn't win, and of course his incompletions, the short yard coverage. Uh, but let the offensive line was not given. He was running for his life all game, like all game. Now I understand it's Lamar Jackson, and we talked about the Ravens were just decimated. Um, were just decimated from injury, like, and they they Marlon Humphreys was out, maybe a player too. I know they someone else got injured that game or on Monday. But speaking of injuries, right? So you're out. You're pretty much one of your best defenders in Marcus Peters. What's his name? Jimmy Smith is also not playing. For the life of me, you're already down a, 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 a couple of your top players on the defense side of the ball. Why in the world would you go cover zero and man pretty much the whole game? I understand that's your philosophy. I understand that that's what you're used to doing. But when you're the whole, you're injured. The team is injured. Like. The defense is injured, so why don't you help the defense? They were getting killed. Waller was killing them all 
night. Like, why, why would you not go to some type of zone coverage? I know I'm not the greatest football. I'm not the greatest football mind, but I'm looking at that like these players are getting killed. Like, why are they in man? Hell, even the announcers, like, I don't understand why they're still running man. Like, didn't make sense to me, man. I, I think. I think there's just one game, of course. I know it's just one game, but I think the Ravens are going to be a little better. I think Lamar Jackson is going to play better. I think he still needs to improve on his short game passes, which we saw wasn't too good uh, week one. But I think, again, it's just week one, and that's a tough environment, traveling from Baltimore all the way to Las Vegas uh, in that environment. It, it was tough. I'm not I'm not giving you know an excuse or anything, but – yeah, man, I, I, it was a good game. It was a good game. It was a if the Raiders would have lost that game, that would have been a Raiders loss. The Raiders always lose some weird way, and that would have been it. I mean, you celebrating like you won. Everyone's on the field dapping up, even though the refs are saying loud and clear the game's not over. And then the the offensive or the offsides or false start. And then Willie Snead, off, it was just, it was crazy. But shouts out to Derek Carr. Shouts out to the Raiders for winning. Um, yeah, man. That's that's this week. <laughs> that was that was week one in the books. Uh, the first game is Thursday uh, or tomorrow or for week two. It's the Washington football team and the Giants. I think, I mean, you got Tyler Heineke as your starting quarterback however i cannot i cannot get the image of how bad that the giants offensive line is and i think that the 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 washington football is gonna have a field day especially how they lost against the chargers so i have washington winning that game but that's that man that is that uh moving forward so week two of of college football happened and a lot of uh, you know a lot of what well, a lot of that was was what was supposed to happen has happened. I mean, uh, blowout city. Now the stat came out saying the most you know top ten teams lost ever in week one. Well, of course, because they're all playing against each other. I mean, Clemson lost to Georgia. Like when you're gonna play when multiple top ten teams play against each other, they're gonna lose. That's how it is. But. Week two was more the same. I mean, or not more the same. Week two was more of what we're used to. Alabama destroyed Mercer forty-eight to fourteen. Georgia beat UAB fifty-six to seven. Oklahoma beat Western Carolina seventy-six to zero. Um, even though the game was a lot closer than I expected, Texas A and M beat uh, Colorado ten to seven. I think that I thought it was going to be a little higher scoring. Clemson destroys South Carolina State 49 to 3. Uh I mean I think probably one of the best one of the better games was Iowa and Iowa State. We thought that was going to be a lot or we thought that was going to be a contest game like a, a a big game which it was. Iowa won 27 to 17. We're starting to see this a lot with Iowa. You know, Iowa was 10th, Iowa State was 9, but we're starting to see we see this every year with Iowa. Iowa comes into the season. They beat some really good teams. They have a really good defense, really good offense. But it's just like once they start playing like a a, a, – I understand Iowa State is ranked ninth. But once they start playing a big caliber team, you know, we'll have to see. But, but yeah, I think the the two two biggest games 
Let's start with let's start with the biggest one, in my opinion. Oregon beating Ohio State. Now I'm an Oregon fan. We all know this. Uh but I think the biggest reason. One, well, one, Kayvon Thibodeau, which is Oregon's best player, he was out. Um and I know I Ohio State, I think, lost their best corner in the game or best safety or something like that. But here's the biggest reason the biggest reason why I think that Oregon won. First of all, shouts out to what Anthony Brown, black quarterback for Oregon. Shouts out to you. Uh CJ Stroud was really good. I mean, he threw for four hundred and eighty-four yards. Shouts out to CJ Fordale for Oregon running uh twenty-six carries for hundred and sixty one yards. Like Come on now. Two touchdowns, by the way. But here's why I think that Oregon won. When you look at all the teams in the Big Ten, which is where Ohio State resides at this moment, it's hard. You know what it is? It's hard to to it's hard to um it's hard to practice speed when you if you don't have it. I'm not saying that Ohio State's not fast. I'm not saying that Michigan's not fast, who who also won on Saturday. It's hard to duplicate speed. Because some people have and some people don't. There is not a team in the Big Ten that can match the speed of Oregon. Now, I'm not saying that as a whole, Oregon is a better team than Ohio State. I'm not. I'm an Oregon fan, and I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that as a whole, the Big Ten is not better than the the Pac-12. I'm not saying that, but Oregon is a well. Right now, I think they're fourth, but they were they were twelfth. It's hard to match speed. It's hard, you're not Ohio State is not going to play a team as fast as Oregon for the rest of the year. Now, I'm not saying they're going to go undefeated for this year. I'm just saying they're not going to play a team as fast as Oregon plays the rest of the year. Not to mention, all we heard or all you heard uh, prior to the game was Ohio, you know, Oregon was a double digit underdog. Ohio State's about to destroy Oregon. Like CJ Stroud is a Heisman, like Heisman candidate. Like that's all you heard. And again, it's hard to, they were just, I mean, you saw some of the runs that Oregon, Oregon was destroying these people. Now, I understand they won by a touchdown, but the game was a lot. It wasn't as close as the score. I'll just say that. I understand it was 35 to 28. It wasn't as close as the score. Ohio State is never going to play a team as fast as or as fast as the Oregon Ducks because the, there's no team in the Big Ten that can match that. The Big Ten had pretty much physicality. You know what I mean? There's no team as physically dominant in the Pac-12 than it is in the Big Ten. But there is no team in the Big Ten as fast as Oregon, and it, it, it was it was quickly apparent that they weren't used to that. Ohio State was was not used to that type of speed, and you can't duplicate that if you don't have it on the team. So, shouts out to Oregon. <laughs> also, Arkansas beating Texas forty to twenty one is the funniest thing to me. That shows again. The Pac-12 is not the SEC. Some of the best teams in the Pac-12 is not better. Now, I'm not saying that Oklahoma is not good. I mean, they're ranked third. I think they're they're, they're good. But Texas, you're not gonna you cannot match the physicality in the Big 12 than you than you do in the in the 
in the uh in the SEC, man. And the thing about it, that's Arkansas. Imagine, you, you know, down the road when when Texas is officially is officially in the SEC, you got to play against Alabama, you got to play against Auburn, you got to play against Georgia, who just beat someone fifty six to what zero or fifty six to seven. Like, come on now. It just, it just, damn, yeah, they got destroyed. <laughs> they, they got destroyed. Uh, yeah, man, yeah. Damn Texas, and that's hey. The, the Big Twelve is not the SEC. I tell you that, and so did Arkansas. Tell you that too. So, I also think the biggest probably the, oh for hey. Shouts out to Jackson State. Shouts out to Jackson State for beating Florida State. I don't know. Look how far Georgia State has fallen, bro. Like I'm Georgia State. Look how far Florida State has fallen. Like. Georgia State just a few years ago had Jameis Winston, uh, a skinny Calvin Benjamin, and they were winning national championships. Like, and now Florida State is losing to Jackson State. Jackson State, and that's no offense to Jackson State, but that's not Florida State. Florida State should mop the floor with them. The Florida State should beat them like like Georgia beat uh like Georgia beating some of these teams, or or like Alabama beat Mercer, or like. Flor- or like Clemson beat South Carolina State. You shouldn't you shouldn't lose to Jackson State, but you did. So, oh man, Florida. I'm surprised. We're going to talk about uh, USC in a second. I'm surprised that Florida State's coach ain't ain't on the pine after that. So, hey. But I think the biggest, probably the biggest news coming out of college uh, this weekend, outside of Oregon beating. Um, Ohio State was USC one USC lost to was it they lost to uh USC lost to Stanford now this is big because Stanford has 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 plummeted Stanford is not good Stanford is is horrible like they're they're pretty they're pretty bad now and I know that they have a history of being good but or or recent history of being good but Stanford is is god awful USC, who was ranked 14th, lost to Stanford 28 or 42 to 28. And because of that, uh, USC fires head coach Clay Hilton. Now, that's not just because of, 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 of the game on Saturday. When we think about some of the greatest college teams, a lot of them came from USC. USC has a history of, of really good a really good program. I mean, you had Reggie Bush, you had Matt Liner, you had uh Troy Palomalu. Like they've had the SEC is has a history of greatness. And when you look at as you know, college football now, nobody even cares about SEC. I mean USC. I mean, they're losing recruits to US or UCLA, which is their biggest biggest fear and you're losing like no one no one's they're not really getting much recruits because of the success or the lack of success that they've had and i think it's about time i mean you're not really hearing people say ah clay hilton shouldn't have got fired i mean he's he's been he's been struggling for the past what two years now uh it's it's been time and i think well at least clearly know that stamp losing to stanford was a nail in the coffin uh especially when you're ranked 14th and stanford is god awful so at least this year so um i i think the sentiment is you know it's 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 long overdue uh and i don't wish nobody get fired but 
USC has not been good for a while. And, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, it's time for change. So he's out. So, and, and we'll see where they go from, from here. So moving forward. Uh, shouts out to all the all the NBA Hall of Fame inductees. the The Hall of Fame was on was this weekend, and there was some really good. Na- I mean, there was some really good. Na- if you're in the Hall of Fame, you're a good. You're you're a good player. So, when I say it was some really good names, like, of course there is. They're in the Hall of Fame. But shouts out to all the inductees, man. You have uh, Rich Adelman. You have Chris Bosh, Paul Pierce. Bill Russell, who was already in the Hall of Fame as a player, now he's in the Hall of Fame as a coach. I think he's like one of two players that's actually like that. Ben Wallace, uh, Chris Weber, Jay Wright, uh, Yolanda Griffith, or Gr- yeah Griffith, uh, Lauren Jackson, who was on the W twenty five list. You have Val Ackerman. You have Cotton Fitz uh, Fitz Simmons. You have Harold Harold uh, Garfinkel. Ooh, look at that name. <laughs> you have uh, Clarence Jenkins, Tony Kukoc, who was an incredible overseas player and, of course, helped the, the Bulls to, what, I think three championships. You have uh, Pearl, Pearl Moore and Bob Danridge. I think the biggest the biggest uh, question mark was, or the biggest, I guess, eye scratcher. Eye scratcher? The biggest head scratcher was, is is Paul no is Ben Wallace and Paul Pierce uh, and Chris Webber, or did Chris Bosh, Paul Pierce, Ben Wallace, and Chris Webber do enough to make the end of or the the Hall of Fame? I'll say Chris Webber is one of the best players that Toronto's ever had, and of course when he brought his talents to uh, the Heat, even though of course you have LeBron James, you have Chris or Dwayne Dwayne Wade. They even and and I know it's hard to say, but they would not have won the championships. They wouldn't have won any of the two if it wasn't for Chris Bosch. Chris Bosch has some big moments, big shots, you know. Boom. Paul Pierce. Uh Paul Pierce, I'm not a fan of Paul Pierce as like a person. Like I, I don't I don't Paul Pierce isn't the most glamorous player. But I will say this Paul Pierce is one of the best and most clutch players we've seen, especially for the Celtics. Paul Pierce has has been that good. Uh, again, it's 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 fun to to crack jokes on Paul Pierce, especially when they had like the Hall of Fame thing. Like, hey, you ain't Kobe. You remember uh, Draymond Green? But Paul Pierce was good. One of the most clutch players we've had. Ben Wallace, one of the best defenders the league has ever seen. Ever. He was the biggest reason why the the Detroit Pistons were as good as they were for as long as they were. A lot of people forget, even though they won what, one championship. Two, they won one championship and went. Oh, they went back to back as far as they won one and lost the other one. Like they were dominant. Like they continuously went to uh, Eastern Conference Finals. And Ben Ben Wallace is one of the greatest defenders we've ever seen. And Chris Webber, Chris Webber. I mean, we cannot forget what we saw with the Sacramento Kings. Even though you don't win a championship, or even though you don't win that much, Chris Webber was got was incredible. Was it was was greatness chris weber he was one of the first he was a better he was he wasn't as good defensively but he was better offense he was like a draymond green type situation uh he wasn't as good defensively but he was better than draymond offensively like it was chris weber was that dude so shouts out to all the all the players i mean there's no question yolanda griffith uh she's definitely deserving lauren jackson i mean you made the top or the 
top 25 list in WNBA. Of course, you're going to make the, like, shouts out to her. And I think she won, what, two cha- two uh, MVPs. I know Alana Griffith won an MVP as well uh, for the, was it Monarchs? And, uh, and Lauren playing for the Seattle. So, you know. Shouts out to them. Shouts out to everyone. Tony Kuko. Shouts out to everyone. Uh, Jay Wright, who coached from Villanova. Shouts out to everyone for making the, the the Basketball Hall of Fame. Definitely well-deserving. So, And there you have it. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I hope that it wasn't, you know, I hope that me being sick wasn't too, uh, it wasn't, it didn't disturb the audio experience as much as, as I hope it didn't. So, um, I appreciate you guys. If you want an unpopular podcast shirt, hoodie, uh, long sleeve, sweater, joggers, the link is in the description below. Hey, it's about to start getting fall. It's about to start getting cold. Get your hoodies. Um, I got multiple designs, multiple colors, whatever you want. I got you. Click on the click on the uh, sh- click on the item. Get the color. Do you go get your merch today? Also, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers. So. Anything will help. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to subscribe. Uh, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And until next time, much love. Let me tell a little sad story about this young boy who grew up, no pops in the crib. That nigga mama working, so she couldn't really show no love when he was hey, a yo, kid. Hey, he ain't hey. even mean to do that incident. He was only 18 when he caught that bit. He ain't out of jail, he ain't out of move, he ain't out of fight, he ain't out of live. He walk in the spot. They told him strip, cork, spot. The CEO just told him that this was procedure, but he knew in his mind he was doing a lot. He had to figure it out and then learn on the rules and then follow him, like it or not. He caught a new charge because he had a little weed, tried to sneak this shit in, it was right in his sock. They had him in intake for like a week. They hit his guts, they think he killed police. They made it super cold with the AC, they ain't giving no blanket, they ain't giving no sheets. They put him in a cell with a dirty ass sink. He couldn't think, he couldn't sleep. They gave him no soap to wash his ass, they ain't give him no toothpaste to brush his teeth. He don't know why they keep bothering him, he was kind of scared, they ain't want to argue with him, pacing back and forth to keep I'm following him, couldn't take it no more, and he finally hit him. The CEO done hit the button, and they coming and helping him, running and crack his ass. He just took a beating and unleashed the demon. He looking and grilling and acting bad. He ain't never been locked up before, but he made up his mind. He like, fuck it if this high start. They couldn't count him out, because anybody who know little homie, know little homie got heart. He gonna adapt to his habitat, even if his habitat get dark. He was a little fish when he jumped in the water, and then he grew into a shit. Two years later, now fights in, he found his religion. He started working out, taking food, soups, and respect, because the shit wasn't given. He wanted more for his life. He was sitting in jail every night, and his life wasn't hitting. His life wasn't hit. And his life wasn't hit. His life wasn't hit. And his life wasn't look. No. Two years he fought the case, and he ain't worried about it in his mind. He knew he ain't losing. He got a paid lawyer. That's a good lawyer, and that lawyer do know what he doing. They want to take it to trial, so he take it to trial, but that little nigga going through it. He huh. was just holding it down for his mans, because he wasn't the one that was doing the shit. Bow. He done copped out to this damn lie. Called home, and he found that his man died. He looked up to the sky like, damn, why? Because he locked in the cell, and he can't slide. All hell break loose when that man cried. You can see the demon. In his damn eyes, that nigga a vampire. If he wants you dead, then it's verified. And he went back in the cell and he thought to himself, like, damn, I feel a little stupid. He got a big gun in the crib, but he's stuck in the gym and he can't even use it. He wanna retrial and take back everything that he said, cause he know he ain't do it. Little homie, a real nigga, he done made a decision already and he's sticking to it. Uh, yeah, he's sticking to it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fozzie, back.
Law. 